Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 922. This 10 is sponsored Nishmas Fred Lewis David by the Lewis family. Uh, I hope you all are well. It's been a while since I have recorded, since I've been able to do so. I don't know if it's been an issue of ability or focus, but I realized that we are up to episode 922 and uh, soon after that is episode 1000. And I'm hoping by uh, with a little bit of focus and intensity, I'll be able to finish a thousand episodes before the summer. So that's our current goal. So we're back in business. Please, please do me the favor of spreading this podcast with others. Uh, hopefully just a little bit of 10 minutes to learn. If you put it on 1.5 speed, then it's a little bit, uh, I don't know, six minutes and change to learn. But hopefully it can be impactful to someone around you. So what I wanted to discuss today is something that I think is on everybody's minds. And that's the question of empathy. We know how much is going on in the world for the Jewish people, particularly in the state of Israel. Uh, chayalim, displaced families, uh, those in mourning over over those who have been lost, uh, hostages. There's a lot to think about and there's a lot to keep on our mind. I, I believe, and I've said this a couple of times in the shul, I believe we're in a unique situation historically where 100 years ago, uh, you wouldn't really hear about what's going on so much, and then when you would, you'd be gripped by it. There's a halacha. The halacha is that a person who hears about mourning, God forbid a person loses a relative, but does not hear in the moment what had happened. So what they do is, is they wait and they sit shiva just for a day when they finally hear the news, if it's at some later point. There is no, that's called a shmur rechoka, a distant, a distant hearing, meaning I heard about it late. Nowadays, there's really nothing like that. We hear about everything, literally everything, every story, everything in the moment, as soon as it happens. And that's very overwhelming. And what we're supposed to do, even when it's far away, even when we're unnaturally hearing about minute to minute, moment by moment, things that we should have no connection to, we should not be hearing about these things. It's very difficult to take in all of these inputs and to process them properly. So it's it's hard, and, and we try to do what we can. We try to get involved in stuck and opportunities and chesed. But how do we think about this, and how are we supposed to comport ourselves? There's a tremendous debate a lot of people had about vacations over the course of, you know, yeshiva break, which is a classic time that people go away, because, um, uh, I don't know, I think it's cheaper during that week. But again, well, how are we supposed to do this? What are some of the texts, and what are some of the values we're supposed to input into this type of decision-making. So we know the idea of empathy is something that we learn from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We find that when the Jews go out to Gullus, when the Jews go down again and again, uh, Yaakov is told, Don't worry, even though you're going down into Gullus, going down into exile, uh, don't be afraid. I will make you into a great nation. Anochi ereid imcha mitzrayma. I will go down with you. The anochi alcha. I will come back up with you as well. Gam alo. I will. I will. Alocha. Gam alo. I will come with you. And so this idea of God being with us is found not only here, but it's found in Devarim. God will return our exiles, our, our returnings. What does that mean? Rashi says, Veheshev, it should have said, he will return, he will actively return them. No, 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 Veshav, he will return himself as well, because there's this notion that God is with us. Mikan, Rashi says, Im God is right next to us, shoulder to shoulder, struggling through, whatever that means, struggling through this with us, and therefore God will return with us. Not that he'll return us, he'll return with us. We said a few weeks ago in um, Parshas Shemos, 
when Moshe Rabbeinu meets HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it says, Vayar Hashem kisar l'ros, vayikra elav elokim chasna. God speaks to Moshe from within the burning bush. Vayomer Moshe, Moshe, vayomer hineni. He says to Moshe something within the burning bush, within the burning bush of thorns. Says the Medrash, we're supposed to see from here that HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, so to speak, Amar la HaKadosh Baruch Hu Moshe, God is saying as follows, I am also in pain, the same way the Jewish people are in pain, in subjugation, in slavery, in Egypt. I am amidst the thorns, as it were, I am also joining as a partner in their pain. We have the famous phrase in Tehillim, Call out to me and I will answer, Imo Anochi Vitsara. I am with you in pain. So the idea that Akadish Baruch Hu is with us in pain, with us in Gullus, with us in our Tsar, is a well known concept. And it's, you know, maybe reassuring to understand that Akadish Baruch Hu is here. God is, so to speak, in pain with us. Obviously, that leads to other theological questions that maybe we should talk about in a different ten. But this notion that God does it is supposed to inspire us to do it as well. The Gemara in Shabbos famously says, Avashol Omer va'anvehu. What do we learn from the phrase, Ze keli va'anvehu, this is my God and I will glorify him? It means, Heve domelo, we should be like him. Ani v'hu, I am just like God. And if we see that God does this, that God descends with the Bnei Yisrael into their tsar, so, mahu chanun v'rachum, afata heve chanun v'rachum. The same way God is gracious and merciful, the same way God is with people in their pain, so too we need to be with people in their pain. We need to climb down into that hole with them. Okay, now, where do we see this evidenced in the Torah? Where do we see this idea, this incredible midah, this trait of a person being required to go down into suffering alongside their brethren? So there are a lot of different sources, and we're not going to finish this all today. But a lot of this, I'd like to point to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is the great leader of the Jewish people. He is the very first leader of the people, not of the family of Israel. That's okay, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov. But Moshe is the really the first leader of the people beyond just understanding the people as a family unit. And what qualifies Moshe Rabbeinu are a very uh, few particular stories, which probably we'll get to next time. But there's also an element that even in his behavior, we just read, for example, Vayavo Amalek, Amalek comes to do war with the Jewish people. This is the first war that the Jews ever undergo. Mitzrayim, Egypt, that's not a war. That's a subjugation and then an exodus. This is, the Jews are a unique and singular entity and another army, the army of Amalek, comes to fight with the Jewish people. They are now at war. The template of that war goes as follows. The Pesukim say, Moshe says to Yeshua, go choose people and go out and war with Amalek. Where am I going to be? Anochi nitzav al rosh ha-giva umateho elokim biyodi. I'm going to stand on top of the hill. I will have the staff of God in my hand. Vayasi Yeshua kasher amalo Moshe lihilachem ba-amalek. And Yeshua goes and does what Moshe says. Umoshe aron v'chur al rosh ha-giva. Moshe and his two brothers-in-law go up to the top of the mountain with him. And there was this incredible thing. 
where when Moshe's hands would go up, the Jews would win. When his hands would go down, holding literally, just standing on top of the mountain, holding his hands up. When his hands were up, they would be winning. When his hands were down, they would be losing. But after the course of time, even though this seems like a really great trick, Moshe's hands were heavy. It was hard to hold his hands up for so long. So what did they do? In order to be able to help him keep his hands up, they needed to be at arm's length, so to speak, at arm's height. And they take a stone so that he could sit down, so that Aaron and Hur now are able to hold his hands so they can reach his arms. So they put a stone underneath him, he sits down, they support, and his hands were faithfully up, and therefore, until the sun goes down, and the Jews are victorious. Now, what is the message in the hands? Great question. The Mishnah Rosh Hashanah asks that question. The message in the hands is, as the Mishnah said, we've talked about this before, it's not just hands up in the air. It's a like a pointing sign, where if the Jews understand, may ayin yavo ezri, where does my assistance come from? Where does it come from? It comes from up above. So even as we're shooting, and even if we are uh, using our technology and our strength and our gavura and our might, still we understand that with all of the millions of variables that go into warfare and all the all of the inputs, still we need HaKadosh Baruch Hu's help. No matter how confident and how strong we believe we are, we need God's help. When are we reminded of this? When we look up, because he's pointing up. Great. So now, there's the army on the beneath, on the, on the plain, and there's Moshe up in the mountain. The two roles that we have. We have people fighting, and we have people sitting on the mountain. People sitting on the mountain are helping. They're helping with morale, they're helping with Amuna. Sure, they're helping. We might see ourselves as Moshe on the mountain, because we are not down in the plains fighting. But here's the interesting thing we learned. The Gemara Taina said that when he goes and he finds this rock, did he have no lazy boys to be able to sit on, to be able to be a little bit more relaxed and comfortable? Because the Jewish people are in pain, I will be in pain too. I will sit on a stone, it will be uncomfortable. When we are going to be in that support role as Moshe was, we have to figure out a way to be a little bit more uncomfortable. Something. And we're going to talk about how much, what, are the, what, what exactly we're we supposed to be doing. Is there a minimum? Is there a maximum? But hopefully we'll see that in a future class. Have a great day. It's good to be back.